Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 255 for March 19th, 2018. Today's guest is painter and fellow Culture and Animals Foundation grantee, Jane O'Hara. And I am your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and vegan activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with activist artists who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this to your podcast to your ears for a little over 12 years. You can subscribe by looking on the right-hand side of the website on the very blog post you might be listening to right now. There are colorful buttons right there that allow you to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, LinkedIn, not LinkedIn. What's the other one? Tune in. <laughs> If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelheron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at Michael Heron and leave a voicemail at 347-460-1753. Or you can email at mikeypod at gmail.com. Listen, it's 9.30 p.m. on <laughs> the Sunday night before this goes out. I'm so tempted to just go to bed and do this podcast tomorrow, but I've been on a roll for a couple of months now of getting this out as promised every single week, and I'm not going to give up. So uh, if I feel or sound a little low energy, that is why. Hello. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Um, so some quick check-ins. I'm still doing my 30 days of wellness with Mark Wood and Jamie Robinson. I feel great. Um, I, it feels funny to say that right now at the end of the day when I've been working and doing stuff all day. So I'm tired from those things, um, but still going. And perhaps that's why I'm still awake enough to even do this podcast so things are going great with that. I lost uh, three pounds, I discovered last week, in one week. And I weigh in again on Tuesday. So I may have lost a couple more pounds since then. So, Or maybe even three. Maybe even four. That's probably about it. Uh, who knows? Uh, so yeah, that is going great. I'm super psyched. And also, I'm starting to already feel a little sad. Hold on. Let me adjust this. A little sad that this... It's going to be over soon. Well, it's still like I'm two weeks in. We're starting week three. Wow. It's going by fast. Um, I'm grabbing this piece of paper. There is a plant-powered food fest. My friend Stacy, I promised her I would tell her about this. If you're in New York City in, uh, the, in Bushwick, Brooklyn, Sunday, May 6th from 12.30 to 4.30 p.m. It's a fun, inspiring, educational event that will take you to the next level, improving your health and overall wellness. And my friends and trainers, Mark S. Wood and Jamie Robinson, will be there uh, uh, doing a cooking demo and talking about plant-based whole foods. Oh, my God. Well, I am that guy now that is like, today I tasted a date, a fucking date. And I was like, whoa. This is great. Do, uh, have you people heard of this? Uh, it was a delicious date. I'm, I'm, I wasn't exaggerating. It was really good. Uh, so there will be tables. Um, there's food. What is this bottom part here? There's face painting. This event is kid-friendly. A vegan cupcake contest. Cruelty-free shopping. Delicious vegan food. A silent auction. A raffle prizes for your local vegan eateries. Of course, you can mingle with other plant-based vegans. A community of support is waiting for you, including my friend Stacy, who's pretty amazing. She's a powerhouse. Uh, so if you're in Brooklyn, I'll put a link to this at MikeyPod.com uh, for this in the show notes of today's episode. So you can click and go to that. Sadly, I'll be out of town. Um, I'll be in Houston. But uh, you should go to this. You should meet all these people and my friends, Mark Wood and Jamie Robinson, who are totally changing my life. Um, I have some other super good news. I applied for a grant from, from A Well-Fed World. Um, that's an organization who have been 
helping me uh, a lot. They funded, well, helped to fund my tour and the animal show twice. Um, fantastic people. Actually, just once, now that I think about it. But they're huge supporters of my work. Uh, they've given me a grant to uh, fund the book and album that I'm working on for the album, uh, the animal show. So, um, yeah, I need to have... I, I need to have someone from a well-fed world on the podcast like soon. Yeah. All right. I'm going to just keep on going. We're going to plow through this and get this podcast rolling. I talked too much at the beginning of this podcast anyway. Um, the bonus content this week will be a special uh, bonus interview with Jane O'Hara, a continuation of what we talked about here on the podcast. It was so good. So many of these uh, bonus content pieces, I wind up like, ah, oh, maybe I should put this out with the whole podcast, but I cannot. It is only for the patrons. Speaking of patrons, I have a brand new patron this week, Andrea Powell, who also has an amazing YouTube channel. So Andrea, um, I'll put a link to Andrea's YouTube channel too. And those of you who are patrons, if there's anything you want me to talk about on the show, um, tell me because you're amazing people. Uh, What is Patreon, you might ask? Well, if you like this always free podcast... Or the many other things I create. Tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of the things. And especially I'd love your support at patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I'd love to connect with you there. And I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this always free podcast and the other content I create everywhere. Now is a great time to be um, a member of my Patreon subscription service. Um, You get early access to this podcast most weeks it's still going to go early but only by a few hours sorry patrons um and then bonus content each week um i'm talking about my new album there i'm sharing um early mixes of things and uh you get cool stuff so join and and you can help be a part of this exchange of people creating work it's a super exciting time to be an artist right now it does require a lot of like come on join me type stuff but that type of stuff didn't even exist at all. And Patreon it really makes it um, so the idea of being an artist full time is uh, more doable. It seems like more of a reality. So yay, Patreon. Yay, patrons. Yay, you, even if you're not a patron. Thanks for just listening to this podcast because, you know, whatever. I am so tired. <laughs> Let's get on to some music. I am going to hop into a song that we can listen to right now with my friends this is the anna kate band uh this is from their album house a hold and it's their latest single place in the pines after this we'll hear from jane o'hara There's a place in the pines where I know that you're mine And the sap in my bones always knows when you're home Climbing ground 
hills and the heart Home in the hills Home in the hills and the heart Home in the hills Home in the hills and the heart Home in the hills Home in the hills and the heart Home in the hills Home in the hills and the heart Home in the hills Home in the hills and the heart Home in the hills Home in the hills and the heart Home in the hills Home in the hills and the heart Home in the hills Home in the hills and the heart Joining me now on the podcast is artist Jane O'Hara, artist and friend, I guess I should say. Hi, Jane. Hi, Michael. How are you? Uh, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Um, I'm super glad to talk to you. And I'm going to say just from the get-go that we had an exchange in the beginning where I was like, ah, I don't know how to talk to visual artists. And then you sort of helped me realize that's why you talk to people, <laughs> to learn stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so those weren't exactly your words, but that was my takeaway. That it's like, oh, this is like a, we're all learning from each other and being different kind of artists and different kind of activists. And um, I love it. So um, Me too. Is, is there like a um, short way you can tell us about what your work is just so to get people oriented? Well, um, I have a, a couple of different things that I do. But as an artist, um, my work involves animals completely at this point and has for quite a while. Um, I like to put the animals in unusual landscapes and whatnot to try and comment on their situation. I'm very interested in the schizophrenic relationship we have with animals. So I like to show, you know, metaphorically or just with composition and whatnot, the different situations that we put animals into. And the other thing that I have done is um, curate the exhibition Beasts of Burden. And that actually, in its essence, is really just an expansion of what interests me, um, which is showing all of the different ways in which animals are integrated into our lives. And uh, some of it is disturbing and some of it is intriguing. And so I have 14 artists in this exhibition, which is now shown twice, um, that all use animals in their work for completely different reasons and uh, whatever interests them. Yeah, and a couple of those artists are, like, pretty famous. <laughs> like, <laughs> Moby is in there, and Joanne MacArthur, who was a podcast guest a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, it was, and I was lucky enough to get to see the show, like, because it was here in New York City when we had our uh, Compassion and Arts Festival happy yes. fun time um so that, yeah and that was i think the first time i got a good look at your work um 
And I've been spending some more time with it because there are so many of your paintings on your website. Um, what ha, has have animals always found their way into your work? Um, no, not in the beginning. Um, I went to art school. I was just learning art like everybody else there. And, um, and I kind of got away from painting for a period of time after I graduated and all of that. Um, but when I got back to it, I started painting with my now husband Geddes. Um, we would go out painting landscapes and I very quickly got bored painting landscapes. So I started bringing photographs of animals and I put them in the landscapes and they never left. Um, uh. So yeah, um, one thing I've, I've said that's a little bit backwards maybe is that it's the act of painting animals that really um, grew my consciousness about animals. You know, I sort of start with an idea that was kind of intellectual but then the process of painting the animals brought it all to life and uh, really touched my heart. So it's been part of my journey. So was was uh, was that part of your vegan journey or were you already a vegan before then? No, I wasn't. Um, it definitely was part of my vegan journey. Um, the piece uh, of art that I did about, uh, well, 2005, I think it was, um, Sacrifice, it's a screen. And uh, during my presentation at the Compassion Arts and Culture and Animals Foundation, you kindly let me use your piece of music from Tentative Armor, um, oh, the yeah. uh, prologue f um, for me to show that piece, because it was really a turning point piece for me. I got the idea when I was at the Byzantium exhibit in New York City, and I uh, just thought about animals sacrificing their lives to powers higher than themselves, and of course, in their case, not a choice, um, to the corporations and universities, circus, that sort of thing. So I did this screen that's really based on the icons and, and those type of paintings that I saw at the Byzantium exhibition. And uh, as I said before, it's like the act of painting animals really brings a situation to my heart. And uh, so this idea that wouldn't leave me because honestly, I'd never done a painting that was like that. And I kept thinking, I don't want to do it. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> but then I, it wouldn't, the idea wouldn't leave. I mean, it really felt kind of divinely inspired. So I did the piece and the act, you know, getting the reference and understanding, you know, these different animals that had sacrificed their lives to the, the vestments that they're wearing, whether it's March of Dimes or McDonald's and all the different um, businesses and whatnot that the animals had sacrificed their lives to, you know, the act of painting them really, um, yeah, it had me in tears while I was painting, but it, it's just, it. I wasn't even ver vegan at the time, but it was just one more step bringing me closer because uh, the, you know, for me, it was a slow, slow learning of what goes on and being able to apply it to my life. But um, I slowly got there. <laughs> wow, that's really fascinating to me because, you know, like, because uh, I came, my, I was already a musician. Well, I guess that's the same thing. But like, I, what, what am I trying to say? It's interesting that your art sort of taught you about how you believe about animals. Mm. Mm. That is, so that happened with you as well with well, music? No, it didn't happen with me, which is why I find it really interesting. Like, because mm. when I looked at the, because um, Sacrifice was in your Beast of Bird, Burden exhibit, yeah? Yes, it was. Um, I remember looking at that from, and I imagined it being painted from 
your vegan perspective, but actually that painting was sort of presenting, you know, through your own creation, your vegan perspective back to you that you didn't really realize you had yet. Yeah. Does that, am I understanding that right? Yeah, more or less. I mean, I think the thing is, is that, uh, you know, I mean, I hear this with a lot of people and that's why I think there's hope for the future because I knew what was going on by that point. I had been, you know, subscribing to PETA and Mercy for Animals, I think already at that point. And I, I was learning what went on, but I just felt like I can't do it. I can't be vegan. It's just too radical. You know, it's too hard. And, uh, and slowly, you know, I was altering my diet. I wasn't eating meat, but I can't give up eggs. And then I was able to give up eggs, but yeah. I can't give up, you know, and um, dairy and cheese left my diet fairly early on. But, um, yeah, so it, it was just incremental. It was actually, I had an exhibit at um, Gallery 55 in Natick. It was the solo show I had um, quite a while ago. And. Um, I had, that's, um, where I met, um, no, not met, but I knew, um, Lewis Rhonda and Meg Rhonda from the Peace Abbey. Mm -hmm. And I actually went to high school with Meg and we had, um, connected and they came to the show and, you know, I remember Lewis wrote in my book, you know, the guest book, you know, go vegan. (laughs) Oh, wow. And it was just this nudge. And I I remember just chatting with uh, Meg online, just going, what is it about eggs? Why can't I eat eggs? You know, (laughs) and, um, you know, it was the last nudge I got was from those two, you know, to kind of push me over the edge and actually become vegan. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know what the Peace Abbey is. What is that? They're humanitarian. They're into humanitarian and peace activism. They give a Courage of Conscience Award, and they've given it to, you know, pretty amazing people. You know, um, Muhammad Ali, Dalai Lama. You know, all these um, heavy hitters. <laughs> um, and uh, but they've given hundreds, literally, of, of Courage of Conscience awards. And so the Peace Abbey. Um, they had a rescue cow. Um, uh, this it was just this really fascinating story about Emily the cow, who became like a mascot for them. I mean, they had the cow living at the Peace Abbey for quite a while for the rest of its her life, and um, but this cow had escaped a slaughterhouse when the slaughterhouse workers were having lunch and somehow scaled a five foot wall and gotten away and was on the lamb for 40 days and 40 nights. And it's this whole amazing story. Anyway, it was at that point, um, Megan Lewis at the Peace Abbey went from vegetarian to vegan when they started to, um, you know, really start to focus in on what goes on with animals and that sort of thing. So yeah, it was, um, that's what that organization has been about. And they gave me the Courage of Contents Award a number of years ago, which was um, a real surprise and very uh, motivating for me uh, to take it up a notch. Yeah, that's, oh, I love it. But having your work acknowledged by someone like that, it must be an amazing feeling. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, so, so while I was going through your um I feel like I'm I'm cheating. I have some questions that you suggested to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't just pretend this is my Cheater. own question. <laughs> um, 
but I, it made me realize some other things. Like you, you have some recurring images and metaphors in your paintings. Um, the ones that are really jumping out to me, and one of them is one you didn't mention. I want to take credit for noticing this one. <laughs> is Got it. as um, it's the first one I see is uh, the painting papaya. Um, with the little dog sitting on a little like a uh, platform that seems yeah, um, and that that image comes back a lot. What or it does it, yeah, it comes back at least true. one other time, right? Yeah, you you got it. You Yay! Got it. I'm such a art critic. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's another painting I did called um, Blue Ribbon, which has a baby calf up on a platform like that. And again, you know, I've used the road as metaphor for vulnerability. And being up on this platform is not only vulnerability, but it's it's this preciousness. So it's like putting it up on this pedestal. But, you know, papaya is, is this dog that, you know, is, I don't know, there's something about the what is it called? I forget. There's different breeds, um, Mexican hairless, and there's a couple other breeds that are also hairless. I, I forget if this dog was um, Mexican hairless, but in any case, um, um, had a, you know, just just struck me as so vulnerable, you know, just so fragile. And so that's why I first had that idea of that pedestal and put papaya up on there. Um, and then with Blue Ribbon, you know, it's like you think of the prized calf. And, and meanwhile, it's, you know, what's, you know, it's faint praise for this calf, you know, who's going to be either slaughtered or kept in a uh, confined area. Um until it grows up and gets stuck in the dairy industry or sold as veal. And, you know, so it's, that's why I have this sort of limp blue ribbon hanging from the pedestal. It's just sort of limply hanging there. It's interesting that, you know, the pedestal represents like something or someone special, but it's, you don't see the bottom of this pedestal. Like it could be, you know, it, it's like this prized possession that is in like immediate danger at all times. It's really interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I just think animals, you know, I mean, <laughs> one of the things we do with animals is that they're, I mean, some, um, another thing that really interests me is the whole pampered pet thing, you know, and how completely focused in and a lot of anthropomorphism, you know, people putting on these human traits onto the animal or, or, you know, a lot of pressure animals have to keep people happy and uh, especially like dogs and cats. And um, I don't know, all of that really interests me because I just feel like, you know, the unnatural setting that animals are in the range of things is just so huge. You know, there's, very few animals it feels like sometimes that are just sort of left to their own devices. I love artwork and yours especially I was really moved by but in ways that I don't know how to say it. So that's why I keep like uh, duh, uh, uh, oh here's blue ribbon. I'm looking at your website as we're talking. <laughs> um the bubbles too. The bubbles show up a lot in your work. Yeah, I mean that idea I have is just again they're they're in their own world. But in some of the cases, that world is horrible. In other cases, it's fun or funny or maybe not so fun or funny for that animal. But in any case, um, you know, so you have um, one bubble that's floating by with uh, rabbits in 
restraints for animal testing and another bubble in the same painting is uh is a cat on i know the cat because it was my cat (laughs) on a you know on a feather bed not feather bed but a bed and uh little toys surrounding her and whatnot and so yeah do they like represent some like ownership in some way or what or how's that I think what my interest is is showing how these different animals have this simultaneous experience at the same time, but it's completely different and completely separate from each other. So um, in the bubble series, separate, not equal, it's just all different animals of all different situations. One's a surfing goat. One's a pig with a birthday hat. Another is a calf in a, you know... A uh, little crate, and um, so I'm just, you know, they're just floating by, and there seems to be this randomness on what animals are treated what way. And then I did the painting, <clears throat> um, ra- the rabbit hole, and that one I have on the landscape. I have myself as a little child, and everybody on the land, everything on the landscape is rabbits that I'm aware of. My experience with rabbits was pretty limited as a kid, live rabbits anyway. I might have seen one hop around once, but uh, <laughs> once or twice. Yeah. But mostly it was, you know, chocolate rabbits, stuffed rabbits, you know. And, th- and then in the bubbles, I have the rabbits that I'm oblivious to. Just to one, again, was in the restraints for animal testing. Another's getting pulled out of a hat for a magic trick. Another one's... Um, you know, dressed up like a little sailor. <laughs> Do you feel like your work reaches people about animals in a way that you, you wouldn't be able to just in conversation or any other type of advocacy? Well, if my work does reach people through my art, then the answer is yes, because I don't feel like I have the greatest gift of, especially in just one-on-one with friends or acquaintances talking about um, talking about what I know or feel about animals. So yeah, the, um, artwork is definitely a way in which I can communicate. Um, that feels good to me. Yeah. It's very, uh, yeah, I, I hate that. I don't have the words for this. It's real good, Jane. This stuff is good. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Um, it's, Are we going southern now? <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how we do. Uh, but it's just your perspective is so interesting, and it's so uh, it does a great job of capturing how separate we all are from the things that we're also close to. You know, like uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know how to put any better than that. But it's I find it really moving, and that's what art is, I guess. It's and this is one of the things that I sort of let myself off the hook when I'm not able to t- speak about art, like music or anything else, is that idea that like that's why art exists because we don't have words for these things we're trying to express. Um, so we make images and sounds and things that express that stuff. Well, I just know that for myself, um, you know, I I've just been happily oblivious about so many things, you know, when I was young and even growing up. And uh, the arts, all of the arts are just so powerful for me as far as educating me and getting me to feel and think about things. And, you know, music the same way. I mean, it's sort of, I just think that they 
hop, skip, and jump past um, our typical defense systems, you know. If somebody comes at me and wants to tell me something I don't want to hear, I can easily use my logic to defend myself. But sometimes with music or writings or poetry or art, you know, it just skips right past that. And before you know it, it's got me, got the heart going. <laughs> yeah. And you, you like when people, I hate to use the word consume, but I guess that is what we were, when people observe art or listen to art or consume art, whatever you want to call it, they're make they're in an open space to, to receive a message. You know, it seems that's what I sort of discovered with my yeah. show. Like a lot of people who had been sort of resistant or felt defensive with me talking about animal issues with them. When they saw the show, they got a different, they, they were able to somehow be a part of my perspective in a way, instead of, it, it helped people understand where I was coming from rather than me feeling like I was telling them where they needed to be coming from, which is still part of my message, but it's <laughs> not as like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. I've seen your, I've seen the animal show and it definitely works that way. <laughs> I love it. Um, so be you have a book uh, called Beast of Burden. Yes. Yeah, I was uh, really happy to receive a grant from the Culture and Animals Foundation um, to put together this book, which is basically catalogs the exhibition um, Beast of Burden. And it also, um, you know, explains how the exhibit came to be, what it means to me, and then the artwork and the thoughts of the 14 artists involved. And the other thing is I give 20% back to the Culture and Animals Foundation for their grant program because their grant program is fantastic in supporting artists and educators uh, for animals. So it's fantastic. Yeah, um, I also received a grant from them. So yay, Culture and Animals Foundation. Yeah. Yeah, I don't speak about them enough. Um, I'm glad that we're talking about them. Well, it was exciting, the festival, because I, as I understand it, they haven't done that sort of thing in a while and now they're getting into trying to showcase some of the results of the grants and you know what the different artists have been doing and i think that's the best way to get the message out there yeah agreed uh yay <laughs> um i hate to wrap this up but we gotta wrap this up um well i really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me yeah um i'm super glad we got to do this i like i like i said in the beginning of the show i'm sort of hesitant to talk to visual artists and it's really something i need to <laughs> just get over because there's yeah um your website is janeohara.com is there anywhere else we should track you down um same website beastofburden.org it just brings you to a different part of the website so it's all it's all there and um yeah that would be great. If you wanted a copy of the book, you can go to the website and order it there. Perfect. Amazing. All right. Thanks for joining me, Jane. Thanks, Michael. Just like us Their mothers love them so Just like us Protect them as they grow, just like us. Daughters and sons, with a life of their own, each and every one. 
just like us Their hearts beat strong and true Under feathers, fins or fur Or skin like me and you Just like us Formed from flesh and bone Just like us When all is said and done Just like us They see and hear and feel Just like us Their suffering souls can heal Just like us With such a strong will to survive Just like us They'll fight to stay alive They are our kin Companions on this earth Breathing out, breathing in Just like us They're conscious and aware who do them harm and those who truly care just like us just like us they recognize their friends the ones who share their joys and sorrows till the end just like us they cry from loss and just like us Those memories remain But love can heal And the force of life can rise And grow and thrive And joy can come alive The time has come to take a stand and say what we must say for once we've seen ourselves in them how can we turn away all the violence and cruelty must end it must be banned and you and I we hold the keys their future is in our hands Can you hear or can you feel it now a distant rising drum Deep in our hearts, we surely know that better days can come. But only if we stand, defend their rights, the right to live and breathe, and walk this earth forevermore in peace and dignity. Just like us.
That was another friend of mine, Daniel Redwood, with the song Just Like Us. Yay, Daniel. Daniel and his wife, Beth, housed me when I was in Portland this summer. Um, I'm super psyched to meet them and hang out with them. And that is Daniel's latest song. And if you'll, I'll put a link to this in the, um, in the show notes. Beth created a video to go with that song, and it's just fantastic. They're perfectly lovely people, and I'm so happy I got a chance to share that song with you. Listen, I hope you enjoyed that that interview, and I'm not going to go on and on about anything at the end here. We're just going to wrap this thing up, and I will see you next Monday. Check me out, though. Like, I did it. <laughs> I was really ready to go to bed, and I made a podcast instead. That's right. That's how we do. We got to always do it. All right. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next week. Goodbye. I love you.